0: This is the Authentic Entrepreneur's Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I gotta say. Hey, <laughs> Nick Foley. It's uh, that time of day where we record podcasts and I pick
1: random music on my Spotify I think we should let the, our listeners and viewers know that i have no idea what song you're going to play every every week so you can tell by my reaction that i just saw this one
0: this one just i
1: i heard this for the first time as they did yeah basically. and know that
0: i also don't know what i'm going to play until i hit <laughs> shuffle on my playlist
1: although when i was playing uh hockey in I'll turn uh, that off. Uh, this is the you. tribal dance by the way yeah this used to be our theme song this would be a warm-up song when i was playing back in my old hockey playing days yeah. when I was in high school. Yeah, we'd come out to the tribal dance. Yeah.
0: yeah man. That was, uh, this was a song used at... Buckets um, tipped
1: up. You ever heard that expression? Tip up a bucket.
0: <clears throat> no, I don't know because I don't play sports. Um, yay, sports. Um, so uh, that was a song actually they played a lot at well, the some Tony Robbins event. And uh, people would all freak out and jump down. It was quite exciting. Um, welcome to The Authentic Entrepreneur. I am Stu Saunders and... I am Nick Foley. And we are your uh, your weekly uh, partners in the journey of entrepreneurship. And uh, we are back for our 17th or 18th episode uh, this week. We have we've been really appreciative of all of the um, support we've had, all the comments we've had, the the subscribers both on YouTube and, and iTunes and Spotify and wherever else we are. Um, and uh, we're just we're excited to build this community up.
1: Yeah, I think mean, we're building it weekly. I mean, yeah, we 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 talk about. The numbers building every week, and I think it's just keep putting out the content, and and uh, yeah. and people are coming. And it's I good. Think we're Thank of, you. We're, yeah. we're
0: appreciative. Demonstrating the patience it requires to to build anything, mm-hmm. um, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or uh, you're in sports or you're a writer, whatever it is, like you takes patience to to get to where you want to go. And I think you know we have we're 18 episodes in, and we'll be still here in end of the year. So that's right. Yeah. No,
1: I'm, we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing with the weeks with you and. Learning from our guests and uh, our conversations, and from each other, it's it's been a good, it's been a fun journey so far.
0: Yeah, and I think this week I wanted to have. Uh, so we got a bunch of interviews coming up that we're recording um, today. We have three amazing interviews coming up, and we'll talk about one uh, at the end of the episode. But this is a quicker episode, so if you're in a rush, this is a good one. It's a good one for a thirty-minute treadmill, uh, and you can uh, you can enjoy this. Uh, and it's a it's a real, um, it's a real, valuable lesson that I learned. Um, in the last couple of weeks, and uh, I know you've got stories about this too, and I want to talk about, as you build your business, um, how you stick to what it is you believe uh, is the right thing to do. So today's episode is called The Squeaky Wheels. Um, And the story I want to talk about is, well, let me preface it by saying, often when we do anything um, in business, we often doubt our course. Our, our, we doubt our, um, the path that we were, we're on and, and we will often change our path or change our course based on a few people who doubt you or question you or, or, or think what you're doing is you know, ridiculous or there's no way it'll be successful. And I think if you, if you listen to those, those critics of what you do, um, you will more than likely be changing often and failing.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think it's one of those things where mostly most of the people that are the loudest or the ones that are, that are the most critical are the ones that are on the sidelines and they have no experience in mm-hmm. your your domain. They have no experience in, in what it takes to you know build businesses and and or to to start initiatives and movements and things of that nature. And they're looking at it like you're setting yourself up to fail with no, but they have no um, background in their own expertise or in their own history to to warrant a statement like that.
0: No, and often it's because they're it's their own fears and their own doubts that they're throwing back on you. Mm. Right. So it's like insecurities. they personally don't believe that they can do a, B and C. So there's no way you could do a, B and C. So they're going to cut you up. Right. It's like if you, if you read the comment section on any, um, YouTube video or any post on anything, you know, that's all it is. It's just, it's just critics. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember learning a great, um, I heard a great line, um, I think it was from Robin Sharma because I spent a lot of time with Robin and I learned a lot from Robin. But I think one of the things he always talks about is, and maybe he may have quoted it from somebody else, but they don't build statues to critics. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's not that I'm saying you have to have a statue, but no. but critics aren't off. They're not really um, the ones who uh, who get remembered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the artist gets remembered, not the critic. And and so with this, with the squeaky wheel, um, uh, which is by the way, if you're not watching on YouTube, you didn't see the reveal. I didn't say it But it's called the squeaky wheels and the reason why I'm doing this is because I think often in life and in business We bend to the squeaky wheel we mm-hmm. bend to There's that there's that great line that says uh, those who, 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 who Shout the loudest get the most attention mm-hmm. and it's often the minority that sh- you know People always are like why did they change that policy and it was such a small minority people that were angry about it But they're the ones that made their voices heard right, yeah. and the silent majority um, didn't make their voices heard. So they didn't get the attention they required. So here's my story. Um, I'll go back real quick and, and, and do this. So I've been running a summer camp for 28 uh, years this summer. And uh, and so we've been running a, a, a weekly program and it's a Sunday a Sunday drop off a Saturday pickup. And that's either one week or two weeks. So you drop off your kids on Sunday, you pick them up on Saturday, we have a graduation, it's a lot of fun. And so when we started the camp 28 years ago, it was one week long, and more or less, and, and it wasn't a big deal because they were there for one week. Our staff were volunteers. came for a week. It was great. As the camp grew, we added more weeks, two, three weeks. We kept adding it for a week, and then Saturday finished, Sunday drop off, Saturday finished, Sunday drop off. And then we got to four weeks. It was still okay because most of our staff it was really one month of their life, and uh, they were you know a lot of them still volunteered their time so the passion for being there was why they were there that was it and we had more people than we needed to hire uh, that wanted to work than we needed to hire, that, we could, that we could we could even could hire so what we've noticed over the years is that dynamic has changed and by that i mean is a there's less young people wanting to work in general b there's more options for people to work c there are more parents who don't want their kids to work, or are more involved in their work-life balance, um, and then the one uh, ABCD. The final one is that we now run eight straight weeks, Saturday pickup, Sunday drop-off for eight straight weeks, and it's becoming exhausting. Running a campus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what you do. It's it's a lot of work. And so in this process, we, re- we reached out to the staff, and the staff reached, you know, came to us, and one of the things we found was they said if we had more downtime between sessions, we could recover better and we'd want to work there more. And so we, we kind of looked at the schedule, and we did our best to, to minimize the amount of time we'd cut from the program, but allow our staff to have a little extra time off. So we were going to do a Monday morning drop-off rather than a Sunday afternoon drop-off, and then a, still a Saturday pickup. So in essence, the campers would lose about 16 hours, of which eight of that was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd lose one night. And I get it that there are kids and parents who who value every day at camp. So we put this letter out, we hand, I, I, it was a written letter, and I sent it, I mailed it with a package we sent to every single camper who had registered for camp and explaining why we're doing it. The mental health of our staff, the mental and physical health of our staff were more important than anything else we could do. This is what we're gonna do, this is why we're doing it, and please understand, this is the only reason why we're doing this. Um, times are changing, and we need to t- adjust ourselves to, to the t- changes. This goes out to, I think, a, close to a 1,000 families. We have about a 1,000 families registered for camp for next summer. And within days of it going out, I start getting angry emails. An angry emails saying, how could you do this? You know, I'm a parent that works on Mondays. I'm going to have to take a day off work. I'm going to have to get someone to cover me. I'm going to have to lose a day of wages, blah, 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 which is all valid. I get it. You need time off work. It's not planned. But know that it's six months away from now, Mm -hmm. seven months away from now. You have some time to plan. You got some time to plan. You could carpool. You could have friends help you. You could have a grandma bring them up. You could have uh, an uncle bring them up. You could – we even offered a bus service. So we were going to offer bus service for the majority of campers come from London all the way up to Toronto, up into Aurelia, and we'd have a bus that would pick the kids up. So we put that in the mail, too. We were going to put together a bus and judge that need. And then we had parents starting to email me and say things like, well, you're doing this obviously to make more money, which was shocking, um, you know. You're doing this to, to, to make more money because you're saving time on your program, so therefore you're saving money, so therefore you're going to make a lot more money. This is about money. So just so everyone knows who, who's listening and is, is the savings would have been a one meal. Yeah. So it would have been $8 yeah. a kid. That's 8 to $10 a kid, not even $8 probably for a meal per person. So, yeah, we would have saved some money, but we still pay the staff on a salary. Right. They get paid regardless. The, the, the camp is, I own it, so we own it. So it's, the costs to running the camp don't change. Yeah. Um, there's there's no difference in, you know, electricity. There's no difference in, in mortgage. There's no difference in insurance. There's no difference in anything. It's all the same price. Yeah. So, so money was never, ever an option, a reason why, right? So then we said, well, maybe we'll do a Sunday night drop-off. Like, we'll do a Sunday 4 o'clock drop-off for those parents that truly cannot do it, could truly not do it, so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll allow that to happen, well, then I started getting emails, when I, so I'd write this to parents, I'm like, here, we have a bus service, it's not about the money, it's about mental health, if you really need to, we can do a Sunday four o'clock drop-off, we'll run a program for the kids, and they're like, well, now it's just daycare, you're just creating a daycare program, you don't care about the kids, and I'm like, I literally only care about the kids, because the kids aren't just your kids, they're, they're the staff, who most of them were camp- campers themselves one yeah. day. Once. Or kids. Like yeah, but they, yeah, but they've but they grown up at camp too. Oh, and and right. so they're not like, they, it's a whole big family feel to camp, right? It's what camp is. So I got probably over the course of, over the holidays, because it was all during the holidays, this went out. And then someone actually even said, how sneaky of you to hide it in the Christmas package. Wow. So we couldn't even see it. And and I thought, we actually bolded it in red in a letter. And mailed it to you with your name on it. That's not hiding it. Yeah, exactly. You just, you know. So I, so so myself and our camp director, we, we we sat down and we 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 hemmed and hawed over the course of the holidays. I wrote over 30 individual emails to people saying, "This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing. I'm so sorry you feel this way." And the parents, one parent was like, "I want all my money back plus extra." because now prices have gone up other camps and we need more money to pay for those camps. Cause, uh-huh. uh, so they're so just they, gonna walk away from your
1: camp? They're gonna walk together. away and want me to
0: pay them an extra two or three hundred dollars on top of it just to um, to say that they could pay for their camp. So at the, end of the st- at the end of the day, it was exhausting. Yeah, for sure. And I got a couple emails that said, we love what you're doing, we support you. Um, but overwhelmingly, the squeaky wheel was saying you're doing this for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't like you. So Q breaks over, we come back, I sit down with our director, and we start we start talking about this, you know, what are we gonna do? And and we both agree we'll go back to Sunday drop off. Right? And then we'll figure something out. We'll do a survey with the parents, we'll we'll get them more involved and and to to say to admit that I made a mistake is I should have got more parents involved of campers for solutions. Like, to say, this is what we're thinking about doing. Please give us your feedback. That's something I should have done in hindsight. But hindsight is perfect, but it, you can't yeah, do, you yeah, can't, exactly. can't do anything about it. 2020. So um, so anyway, so then we write another letter. And we email it to every parent saying, we're so sorry for – I said – I wrote it for – and I said it to, to our director. I said, I will take 100% responsibility as the owner of the company and the owner of the camp. This is my fault. Mm-hmm. And – So I sent this letter out, and I wrote, and I said, you know, this is my fault. I didn't mean to cause any problems. This is literally the only reason why we did this. It was no other reason. It was for mental and physical health of our staff, so we could deliver a successful and safe program for your kids. End period. That's it. Full stop. That's it. Well, you know, and and then I got an email, like that that night, and it said, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You know, I, I read the letter at Christmas. I totally agreed with you. I never replied. I never said I should have sent you a message, but this is a like I have young I worked at a camp as a camp staff. It's hard. As a parent, we have tons of distractions with our kids. Here watch YouTube. Here watch Netflix. Here's the iPad. You know, go outside and play with your friends. That rarely happens anymore. Mm -hmm. But all these things like we have distractions we don't look after our kids so at summer camp our staff are with your kids 24 hours and and every summer camp for the most part 24 hours a day for seven straight days no distractions no technology no cell phones no go do this go look after yourself we and and these are 19 20 year old 18 19 20 year old young people who are not parents who don't have one two they have seven or eight or nine kids they're looking after for 24 hours a day so it's it's harder than being a parent. I was a parent, I am a parent, but I raised raised 3 kids. Mm-hmm. And I know, often I'd be like, guys, just put on something on the TV and watch yeah, TV.
1: Exactly. I've done it many times, right? The <laughs> electronic babysitter. For sure.
0: Right? Parent and so out. we don't do that at camp. We we are amusing the kids mm-hmm. with but we're also teaching curriculum, leadership curriculum. So this first email I get back and I was like, "Oh, thank you. That's great to hear." And she and and, and she says we were okay with Monday. We appreciate the Sunday, going back Sunday, because you know we can, it's better for us, but we were totally okay with it. We would have adjusted our schedule. And I was like, oh, that made me feel better. That I wasn't like someone yeah. said, you're not doing this for the wrong reasons. We understand why you did it. Great. Well, then they start flowing in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 emails from parents saying, I'm so sorry you had to change back. We were totally supportive of this. This was a great idea. We understand why you did it my my son was a camp counselor and i always thought he worked too hard we are pre, we will we were always behind you if you change it back we're supporting you and it was overwhelming yeah. overwhelming people saying we were supporting you we just didn't say anything yeah. and so i screwed up and i listened to the squeaky wheel and i'm not saying their concerns weren't valid mm-hmm. like some of them were definitely concerns were valid but we said like we'll get a bus we can carpool here's sunday drop off for you blah, blah 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 like we were trying really hard to do whatever we could to minimize the impact on parents right. with giving our, our staff some more time off. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we went from a 2 o'clock drop-off on Sunday to a 4 o'clock, giving us two more hours in the morning so that staff can have a bit of a sleep on, on Sunday mornings. And that's the only difference we did. We've had to take it two hours out of the program. And now everyone's like, oh, we were all behind you. And those parents, I shouldn't say, two of, the, two of the parents, it was just two, after who initially wrote me and said um you know this is this is uh, horrible what you're doing two of the parents emailed me after the change and said thank you so much um we we, we were so sorry that you were in the situation but you know we were one of them said i was being selfish and not thinking of your camp and how hard it must be for you as a camp owner and, a, and, and then your camp director to try and balance all of that yeah so that was a long-winded story to say
1: so moving forward what did you i mean i know you decided on the two hours so after this year because that's what's in in place for this year so Mm -hmm. moving forward is it something that you're going to bring to the parents or what's the what's the learning you know what's your learning on this
0: so what we're going to do is we're actually going to put together a survey you know a survey monkey Um, we're going to call some parents we're going to we're going to reach out to some parents and we're going to say this is our situation how can we best adapt our program for the modern day yeah, yeah. for for and i had some parents saying like when i was a kid i worked three jobs i'm like blah 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 like i was re- you know and i was like okay well that's irrelevant yeah exactly
1: i, I and i can't you hear
0: that a lot when in in schools, my grandfather
1: right? went off to war yeah exactly my grandfather was in the war in, at 16 so it's irrelevant it to me was, i didn't yeah. you know i yeah. Wow, and that's the thing. You hear a lot, you know, people, well, when I was your age, when I was your age, you don't want to disrespect the kid because it's a, it's, a, it's a whole different element now. It's a whole different world. Oh, like, my gosh. You know, when I was 17, it's not the same as when young people now are 17. They got so many different distractions, so many different things going their on. There are issues,
0: and I guarantee you, every 17-year-old, when they get older and they get married and they have kids, if that's what they choose to do, yeah, or adopt kids, whatever they choose to do in life, or have children in their lives, will say, when I was a kid, Oh, yeah, yeah. We had to carry our phone in our hands yeah exactly right it used it to be was walking hell to
1: school. used to be walking to school uh, you know yeah and buses were never canceled when I was a kid you know yeah I mean? it was like they were canceled
0: you know <laughs> it was like it, it, it'll be they'll have their set of oh, when yeah, I was a sure. kid stories yeah, absolutely right and and then but it, you can't compare like yeah. I was at a camping conference yesterday and I went to a session all about um, you know adapting your camp for LGBTq yeah you know rights and understanding that and the changes in people's dynamics to what they how they how they how they view themselves how they identify themselves <laughs> and these are things that you just didn't think about when I was a summer yeah, camp counselor sure. it yeah. wasn't in the 1980s mm-hmm. it was irrelevant we wouldn't we wouldn't even, it was there was there was no t- conversation and i sat through a conversation for an hour and we learned all about yeah. you know how to approach the situ- the conversation how to adapt programs for the for the, the new yeah. So mental health was not talked about. Um, gender was not talked about. Uh, you did just work. Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. But it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not
1: the. It's 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 comparing. It's literally comparing apples and oranges, right? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: It's irrelevant. Yeah. So you had. I know you had a story too.
1: Well, you know, it's not not so much as 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 that as listening. But it, it was listening to the squeaky wheel. It was interesting, and, and maybe this will be um, for for young entrepreneurs out there that are getting ready to take that uh, take that leap into entrepreneurship. My squeaky wheel came in the sense of my friends and family, not all friends, not all family, I have to preface it with, but basically saying like, why are you walking away from teaching? You know what I mean? And it was, so how I'll set this up. We had, um, I decided that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I was going to dedicate my life to social entrepreneurship. And perhaps in, in later episodes, you and I can talk more about social entrepreneurship. That's how we make our living for those of you that don't know. And I decided that I was going to walk away from teaching and it was a huge huge
0: You know, a secure job
1: exactly and I had you know, I had friends and I had family I was getting emails from like family members saying and text messages saying this is going to be the biggest mistake of your life and You're walking away from a guaranteed paycheck a wonderful pension and you're guaranteed like that for the rest of your existence You've got money coming in for the rest of your existence and I'll never forget I remember I wrote this this book that I self-published, and I was working as a, um, as a teacher at the time, and the principal came up to me, and his name was Rick, and, and what a great guy. He looked at me, and he goes, I don't know. I haven't read your book yet. I'm I, reading the first couple chapters. He's like, but he's like, I feel like this is going to change your life because you are so excited about talking about what you're, what you're doing, mm-hmm. and six days later, I was standing outside his door and was giving myself the old, like, okay, on five. Five, four, three, two. okay on three you know didn't want to go in mm-hmm. and i i finally went in and i said you know what i i quit and when i did he was so supportive and so great and i had the rest of the year but then i started i had the rest of the year and, and then it was the next year i said i wasn't coming back but it was hearing everybody be like this is the last paycheck consistently you're going to get a eh? it's like you know and it's the, yeah. the constant beratement and then it was like you know people that are like your inner company are like Dude, are you sure you know what you're doing? And I was like, No, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know That's that I can't stay. Is. Yeah, exactly. But I know I can't stay here because I'm not doing justice for the kids as well. Yeah. Because I was in an environment in which I didn't want to teach history in grade ten. I didn't want to teach phys ed. I wanted to do things my way, and I still consider myself a teacher. And and now I'm able to do it at a different at a different level. But my point is is that the squeaky wheels for me came in this form of like friends and family, yeah. and and they, they had my best interest at heart. And I'm sure some of those emails they you know they were looking for their best their best interests as well but the reality is is that when i was hearing it i just had to be so on point with what i was going to do and where i wanted to take my business as an entrepreneur that i was going to be you know my response was always going to be the same i appreciate your you know i appreciate your concern but I'm going to take it from here. Thank yeah. you. You know, I just always always thank you. And you know, it's so funny now. It's just like you know, you'll be going to places, and, and it's your you know friends and friends are like, oh yeah, you know, like you, you loving business, like things are great. I knew you could, you know, and it, it. Hey, sometimes business is great, and sometimes it's not so great. You and I know that it's ebbs and flows, yeah. and you know, it's 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 not as you know it's not what you see all the time on social media where it's you know these these people with the big yachts and stuff in some cases it might be but my point is is that the everyday you know entrepreneurship is is getting up early and or, or whenever time you get up and being very practical with your approach and and, yeah. and and working the you know the ins and outs of the business so the my spooky wheel came in the sense of like my my circle of people saying I don't think you should walk away from a job that's going to pay you consistently on you're dead, really, yeah. because so after they're throwing retirement.
0: they're throwing their it's them throwing their fears at you. Right. You know what's funny? So about? what they're saying is I couldn't do this, so you obviously can't do this. Well and you know
1: what was funny is not one person that said I couldn't do it was an entrepreneur. Not one. And every person yeah. that said take the leap was an entrepreneur. Isn't that funny? How people that like that run businesses are like, you got this man, I have never seen you so lit up talking about you know what you want to do with the schools and how you want to make yeah. a living. Whereas all the people that were in jobs that weren't that were like, you know, consistent paycheck jobs type things. They're like, it's ridiculous. you mm-hmm. got a, you, know, you got a young wife, you've got a family mm-hmm. on the way, like you, you can't do this. But all the people that were in the realm were saying things like, go go for it, man. You've yeah. got one life to live.
0: And I think that's kind of the, that's the, that's the whole point of this, is if you believe in something, so for me, it was a decision I made as an entrepreneur, take, making a choice to, I thought was best for the company and the staff that we hire. And I knew in the heart of hearts it was the right choice to make. Yeah. But when someone threw up that negativity or those roadblocks and said you're wrong, I went maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I panicked, yeah. and I said we got to go backwards. And I and I shouldn't have. Now, having said that, the the silver lining in that is now the conversation is out there. Mm-hmm. So we'll reach out in the next over the next couple months with a survey, and we'll together as a as a camping family decide how to best move yeah. forward Perfect. for our program because. We have to have that. So, um, but as an entrepreneur, you know that as an entrepreneur, if your family or friends or though your circle do not understand entrepreneurship, don't worry about it. Like, you're not going to convince them ever. Yeah. And then when you are successful, there's a great great quote by uh, Arthur Schopenhauer, which says, I'm paraphrasing, but it says, most people see the limits of their own vision as the limits of the world. Yeah. A few do not join them. So what that means is, as a, as, a, as a human being, you see your world around you, and you don't see beyond that world. Mm-hmm. You see the next paycheck, you see the next this, and that, those things are important. Yeah. You need to get paid, pay for your family, look after your family, whatever. But there are, there's entrepreneurs, there are athletes, there are artists who see beyond that, because yeah. they see what they can do. And you saw that, even though people are like, oh, I can't see that, So and parents are like, you're doing this for all the wrong reasons, no I'm not. Yeah. Because maybe you've ran into that, and someone's done that to you before. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it. to That's you. That's right, exactly. So, anyway, so I, I challenge everyone out there like share, uh, share, share you, you know your your stories with us. But um, you know, in, email us uh, or, or throw a DM up. Um, we have a new uh, we have a we have a uh, new Instagram.
1: Yep, yeah. the authentic entrepreneurs on Instagram. So follow
0: us there. We're gonna we're gonna populate
1: it with. Um, you know our show knowledge and what we what yeah. we find with quotes. We're going to populate it with like you know some interesting articles, best practices, things yeah. like that. It's going to be the hub of entrepreneurship. We're hoping.
0: So, we're hoping to build that yeah. community up. Yeah. And uh, and you know we're going to keep bringing you uh, our knowledge and, and and our experiences and great guests. And in fact, next week we have an incredible guest. And I'm now going to reveal the guest to you. Here we go. Our next guest next week on the next episode is boom. Tamsin Webster, there she is, right there. Um, we're we're so excited. Tamzin uh, is all about um, finding the path to what you want to do in life. Yes, in as interest. an entrepreneur yeah. with your brand, as a human being, um, whatever you whatever you want to do, it's finding your path.
1: Yeah, having having vision. And clear vision. yeah
0: and, and knowing how to, and She all tells a great story about her company the red thread is her company and she talks a lot about a great story about the red thread so that's next week until then um, please subscribe
1: like us on uh, all the channels Facebook Instagram Twitter everything.
0: Yeah, we're on YouTube, we're on uh, in iTunes, and we're on uh, Spotify. Spotify. And I think we're on other things too, so, but for sure we're on those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really appreciate you on uh, joining us on this journey. We're, we're in it for the long haul. Patience, patience, patience. We're going to be the number one entrepreneur podcast, period. Ever. Ever. <laughs> we'll beat all the ones from the 70s and 80s. Yes, at least those ones. But yeah. Um, but uh, until we talk again, keep being authentic.